Welcome in to another edition of the Sibling Rivalry Podcast, a show all about college football where the conversations are lively, the topics irreverent, and the hosts semi-knowledgeable. I'm Madison, and I'm joined as always by my brother Pierce. Pierce, how are you? Wonderful. Excited to talk Big 12. Uh, this is a little more known to me because I went to TCU, so um, I will try and keep all bias aside. Uh, that being said, it's going to be a good one, I think, this year in the Big 12. I think this year is going to be very competitive, I think, more so than the last couple. You even busted out your vintage TCU shirt I did for it the on occasion. purpose, you know. Oh, Lord have mercy. Well, it's long sleeve, and it's about... 105 degrees outside and you're sweating so i don't know how smart that was yeah we had a heat advisory warning it said stay indoors i mean for goodness sakes but hey hey well you don't hey, need a heat advisory to do that you certainly love your indoors all right we're gonna go like pierce said we're gonna break down the big 12 of course there's no divisions in the big 12 so we're just gonna rank them 10 through 1 of course, 10 teams, of course, being in the big 10 12 which doesn't make a lot of sense but <laughs> that's neither here nor there uh and then we'll get into the conference championship and who we think is going to be the winner of that contest. Pierce went to a Big 12 school, so I'm going to try to rein him in a little bit. I, I might have gone a little bit long on some of the ACC stuff, having gone to an ACC school. And Pierce going to a Big 12 probably has got a lot to say about that. I don't have much to say, so I'm going to let him take the reins on a lot of this. If you haven't listened to any of our other episodes First of all, what are you doing? Go back and listen to the other episodes so that you're prepared for the 2019 season as we head into it. We've got all the previews of all the conferences so that you can be knowledgeable, well, semi-knowledgeable just like us, about what's going on. At least impress a little bit at the tailgate. But if you We're haven't less listened... Less than two weeks away. Less than two weeks. Well, by the time this is posted, it'll be even less than that. We'll be knocking on the door of week zero. Uh, but the way we did this is that we kind of sat down. We did, instead of both having our rankings and these episodes taking an hour and a half and probably our brains thinking very similarly, we thought, let's just have one set of rankings, agree on them. Ultimately, I gave Pierce the nod to kind of run with it. So there might be a couple that I disagree with. I might have a little bit of something, something to say about some of these, but ultimately gave Pierce the okay to run with it. So we'll get into that and we'll start it off without much further ado with the number 10 team who we think is going to have the worst record when the dust settles at the end of the season. And that would be first year coach Les Miles and the Kansas Jayhawks. I think this is pretty self-explanatory, but Pierce, go ahead and take the people through why you think Kansas is going to have a pitiful year this year. <laughs> They've uh, been pretty much in the basement the last, I mean, as far back as you can you can remember. They have 10 guys returning. Uh, this is definitely a rebuilding year. Les Miles will bring a new energy to the team, so I'm I'm excited to see about how that turns out, see if he can't maybe upset one or two teams. However, this is just a rebuilding year, 100%, and can Les Miles generate the recruiting um, needed to rebuild this program that is not that historically notified? Yeah, certainly not. When you have, uh, you know, Charlie Weiss as one of your recent coaches, Les Miles certainly seems like a little bit of a uh, kind of a desperation play, but also at the same time, definitely a marked improvement. So we'll see if the Mad Hatter can get anything going in Kansas, but we don't like the chances of that. Another new first year head coach, there's a lot of them this year in the Big 12, is West Virginia, of course, 
Neil Brown taking over for Dana Holgerson, who went to Houston. West Virginia coming in at number nine in the st- what we think is going to happen in the Big 12. All right, Pierce, West Virginia, what do you like, what do you not like? I don't like much. Um, honestly, losing and having to replace Dana Holgerson's a huge loss. They lose stud QB Will Greer, among others. They're breaking in a new offensive and defensive scheme, which in my opinion spells disaster. Uh, I think it's clearly a rebuilding year. You know, they could sneak up on one or two, one team, two teams maybe, but um, this is a rebuilding year for West Virginia, and uh, the Mountaineers won't get it done. All right, well, there you go. That's one of those teams that we always have a lot of high hopes for them heading into the season, and then ultimately they kind of disappoint. Got a couple friends who are West Virginia fans, so I see them every year be really excited and then really let down. So we're going ahead and just saying, Let's not even get excited. Y'all are just not going to have a great year. And, you know, I don't know if I would have had them finishing as low as they do, but I I like all of the points you made. And certainly with a first-year head coach, it's not going to help you. All right, next up, another first-year coach. Bill Snyder, of course, out finally. Not finally. I feel, you know, he's an old guy. He's a legendary coach. Legendary. He's a legend coach, but he was also the Crypt Keeper. So Bill Snyder (laughs) out at Kansas State. (laughs) Well, I'm not wrong. That was wrong. like a Game of Thrones reference there Listen, or something. North Dakota State's Chris Kleiman, I hope I'm saying that right, getting the nod to come in and coach Kansas State. Uh, certainly a winning coach knows how to win, but at a lower level, quote-unquote lower level. But we don't think that that's going to help Kansas State too much, obviously finishing in at that number eight spot. Pierce, what do you like, what do you not like in the Little Apple? So they should have a solid D and a great special teams unit. My only concern is offense. Um, if they can play well, they may find themselves higher on this list comes year year's end. But I just I don't know if they have it offensively. This is this is a team that needs the JUCO tr- transfers all the above in order to get it done. And Snyder was able to do that. Um, and I think when Snyder took his retirement the first time and they had a new coach, he didn't understand that fact. And then Snyder came back and did his old ways and got the Juco guys, the more experienced guys. So I just think that this is one of those years that they could sneak up on some people. I think come years in, if, if the offense finds itself great, they're going to be seven, eight, six, maybe even five. Um, but It's tough to replace a legendary coach. Well, not quite a legendary coach, but this next team, I'm going to go ahead and I think you know what I'm going to say. First-year head coach coming in at number seven is Texas Tech. Cliff Kingsbury, again, not quite a legend, but the wonder kid is out at Texas Tech, and in comes Utah State's Matt Wells. Not necessarily a name that a lot of people know, but he has he did have you know some success at Utah State. Had three seasons where he won nine games. So I don't know if he's going to be able to bring that luck to Texas Tech. And uh, neither do you, Pierce, based on your rankings. So take us through the Red Raiders and what you think for this year and uh, their first year head coach. Well, you know, obviously Matt Wells comes in. He brings a new new system. Um, from everything I've heard, QB Allen Bowman has adapted well to the new offense this spring. Um, that's a plus because you know Texas Tech doesn't play a lick of D, yeah. so they rely on offense. Um, Score fast. So and it, my my main reasoning with this is pretty short, sweet, and simple. It's 
without a spectacular year from Bowman, they could be found in the cellar. Oh, did you just think of that? Nope. All right. Well, just ahead of them, we've got Baylor, the Baylor Bears. Of course, this is one of TCU's biggest rival. So I'm not surprised you've got them finishing as low as you do. I would probably have them a little bit higher, but ultimately you have the Baylor Bears coming in right in the middle of the pack. What are your thoughts there in Waco? You know, I I, I actually agree with you. I, I wrestled with this Baylor pick. They have 15 total starters returning. Will be without a doubt Coach Matt Rule's best team since he's been in Waco. That's big news for fans of the Baylor Bears, which I hate. Um, sorry, sorry to the people, great people of Waco. Not really. <laughs> um, but I think it's that tough stretch in their schedule and how it lays out. They have a stretch of back to back to back games where they face TCU, Oklahoma, and Texas. Um, so. I think if they win one of those three, they'll finish in this spot. They win two, they could they could, you know, rise the ranks a little bit. But if they go in three, I think this is where they'll end up finishing the year out. But Matt Rule definitely has this team going in the right direction and hopefully in a better direction as a program in general. All right, well, how about this next team, the man, the myth, the mullet? Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State. You've got finishing at the number five spot uh, just ahead of Baylor. So what are your thoughts there? I Again, I probably would have had this team a little bit higher, but I respect the pick, and uh, I want to hear what your thoughts are, what you like, what you don't like. So I put Oklahoma State above Baylor because I just feel like Gundy is so experienced in his position, and he knows what he's pitching to players. He recruits juco guys and underrated guys and gets the most out of them um they're a much more experienced team yes uh their starting qb from last year is out but qb never seems to be the problem with oklahoma state Mm -mm. they just seem to have these freaks out at wide receiver that they can just throw jump balls to so they're returning seven starters and that's including or that's not including their quarterback their quarterback is gone so um, I think with the seven s- starters returning, that hurts. But the defense is less experienced. But second year under Coach Knowles, they should be improved from last year. I think they end up winning about eight games, kind of like last year. Um, very similar similar to last year where you really didn't know what to make of them. And then they had a few upsets. Yeah. But then they also had a couple where they were – that's they kind of Oklahoma State's MO is every yeah. single year they come in and it's going to be like, okay, yeah, Oklahoma State's going to have a good team. They're going to go well and it's going to be fine, but they're not going to be nationally prominent. And then just as they're getting on the radar and we might see game day go there or whatever and we're starting to see a lot, them cover a lot more on ESPN, they lose. A game they probably shouldn't lose and we're going, well, well they are what we thought they were. So ultimately that's why yeah. we have them ranked in the middle of the pack here in the Big 12. This next team, I'm just going to let you go. I'm sure you've got a lot to say. And certainly, you know what you're talking about with this team. So, you have coming in at number four, TCU. Honestly, surprised you don't have them a little bit higher, but I guess they've broken your heart enough times that you've learned your lesson. So, why do you have your Horned Frogs finishing here at the number four spot? I will say, back when we initially sat down to go over content, you had them at number two. So, they've fallen here as of late. What has changed and why so low? The key, again, is QB. Um, 
They add Alex Delton from Kansas State, who's a transfer, and Matthew Baldwin from Ohio State. Uh, they also have Justin Rogers, who played last year in the bowl game, but he really couldn't do much because he had a horrific senior high school knee injury. Um, will he be ready to play? If he is, I think Justin Rogers is the guy. But I think they have options, which is a little different than than schools with QB battles where they have recruited. I think with the transfers coming in, it, it adds a little bit more. And they have two other quarterbacks in there as well. They also they were one of the most injured teams in the entire country last year. So that speaks volumes to the fact that they were able to to make a bowl game and win a bowl game, yet it was the ugliest bowl game in maybe the history of sports. But Gary Patterson almost always bounces back following a poor year, and they could have the number one D this year in the Big 12. I think if the pieces fall in place, they don't have too many injuries, they settle on that right QB, they have a chance to uh, to be in that championship game. Um, if not, I like him in this fourth range. All right. That is where he has his beloved TCU Horn Frogs finishing. I'm sure that a couple times this season I'll see you over here watching football, standing in the living room, being way too boisterous. So I'll be sure to capture some of that for our Instagram. If you're not following us on Instagram, by the way, go ahead and hit us with a follow at Sibling Rivalry Podcast putting out some good content there. Going to continue to put up some good content for you guys as the season progresses. And like I said, maybe you'll see Pierce acting like a hooligan in the living room as he cheers on his TCU Horn Frogs. But probably not as boisterous as Georgia. Unsure. Hey, I lost my I lost my uh, voice to a baseball game last week. So are you serious? Let's let's that's we'll give a little preview to what uh that that just lets lets our listeners know what uh <laughs> how boisterous I can be. I talk for a living. So one, it's bad for me to lose my voice and two, my vocal muscles, my vocal cords have built up a resistance to losing their voice. But I will say I did. I I will I have lost them at both of the two past SEC championships. Oh yeah. Last year, oh, I don't even want to talk about it. Oh, head over to our SEC preview podcast. Listen to us. They meant that. That sucked. But uh, yeah, Pierce loses his voice a little bit more often, but he also yells a little bit more often. So take that for what you will. All right. That's just because I know football. When people do dumb things in football games, I get frustrated. Okay. Well, you just said you lost your voice to a baseball game. Who yells at baseball? I know baseball. That's I played like baseball at a high level. They, the closer came in and blew it. And I was upset about it. I don't like. You know they can't hear you through the TV. I know. Not yeah. only that, baseball, I know, and I'm the doofus. Baseball is on par with golf as one of the most boring sports. It's like, it's not. It's not. It's just a little. Golf's golf actually clap. the worst. It's mashed potatoes and. What? Have you not heard? Okay, what? Well, let's. All I we're, know is we're getting off topic here. I don't. Uh, we are getting off topic, but really quickly, Tony Kornheiser has La Cheeserie. Isn't that a thing? I don't know. All I know is there on an episode of Survivor this last year, uh, Rick Devins wins a competition and he said, La Cheeserie! And apparently that's from the Tony Kornheiser show and it's a golf... I don't I don't know. Interesting. This that's, is why I, I don't pay attention to golf because they're screaming La Cheeserie at each other and mashed potatoes <laughs> apparently. I don't get it. That just makes me hungry. All right. Number three in the Big 12, we have the Iowa State Cyclones. 
I don't know if I'd have these people finishing this high. This is probably where I would have slotted Oklahoma State, but this is where we gave. I'd let Pierce take the, the reins on this, so blame him if you do not get this correct in your betting lines. Pierce, Iowa State, number three, thoughts? Iowa State, Coach Campbell may have the best team he's ever had at Iowa State. will have a very talented defense. They do have to replace a few guys, but should have a chance to surprise people, especially getting Texas and TCU at home. I've always said, I've always said, Ames, Iowa, for some reason, yeah, you've always they said that. just play slower up there. You've said the grass is a little longer, it's, like, it's just a little sluggish. Yeah. They're a team that a lot of times people look over, maybe not this year, to your point, but they're a team that potentially people look ahead past. Yep. And, yep. and uh, they, we certainly have seen, to your point, a couple potential upsets. So uh, anything else to add about Iowa State? Not much. Not much other than they'll have a good team um, and they've got some good opponents at home, which is key. Yeah. And like you said, that home schedule could make or break their season. So here we go. Like I said, no divisions in this conference. So we're going to go ahead here by setting up who we think number one and number two. If you haven't figured out already that's also going to show you who we think is going to be in the conference championship. So let's break down these two teams, and then we'll ultimately say who we think is going to win the conference championship. Number two in the Big 12, we predict, is going to be Texas. Now, if you listen to the ACC podcast, we kind of tease that Tom Herman is being made fun of because he came out and called Texas the mecca of college football. And while I do think that it is a historic team and certainly somebody who we would love to see be relevant again consistently I don't know if I'd call them the mecca of college football but maybe just maybe Tom Herman's able to make something happen in Texas this year of course they upset Georgia in the bowl game last year but I'm not really counting that because I think Georgia was pretty much over being in a bowl after losing in the fashion that they lost Auburn lost to UCF well, that's Enough UCF said. is the Enough national said. champions. Enough, yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, God. All right, Pierce, Texas, take us through your thoughts. So they'll be less experienced this year, but possibly more talented based on the recruiting class that is coming in, um, as well as, you know, backups that have learned and, ha- and will be stepping up. My main thing is, will they be able to maintain the consistency they did the last half of the year as opposed to the first half? If you recall... They lost to Maryland the first game of the year. They had a close game with Tulsa, and they trailed USC, who was not very good last year, midway through that game. So I think if Texas can get off to a hot start, Ellinger obviously is a Heisman hopeful slash candidate, but this is a team that I think can either stand up to where they're supposed to, their lofty expectations or where a team like Iowa State or or TCU could hop in to that second spot. So Texas is a, is a big question mark for me, in all honesty, uh, even though they have some, you know, guys coming back and, and most importantly, uh, an established QB. All right. Sam Ellinger, of course, is hoping to lead his Texas Longhorns to a better start to the season and maybe just maybe they can shock the world wouldn't be surprised if we're looking at Sam Ellinger as the offensive player of the year for the Big 12 uh, to your all of the points that you just made all right next up not next up finally I should say is the number one team in the Big 12 who we think is going to ultimately win the Big 12 
over Texas in the conference championship, and that would be the Oklahoma Sooners. Oklahoma, of course, Lincoln Riley head coach. Uh, I don't know necessarily. I wouldn't say their window's closing, but they certainly were a team that probably the past two seasons could have won national championships, if not made a little bit farther, but ultimately their defense. Now, granted, that's Big 12 football. It's not have a great defense, but their defense is one of the worst when it comes to the, I mean they're playing Alabama and Georgia and you've got to have a better defense than you do so mid-season Lincoln Riley makes the pivot and says Mike Stoops you're out uh, switches it up and hires Alex Grinch Grinch is hoping to maybe make it a little bit better this year and if they can stop some of those teams then maybe they don't have to rely so heavily on the offense as of recording this Jalen Hurts has not been named the starter at Oklahoma but all signs point to that being the case don't know why you wouldn't tap Jalen Hurts. He's got the how to win underneath his belt and certainly is a very athletic quarterback. So all signs point to Oklahoma having a great year. Pierce, I'm going to let you take the reins on this and uh, kind of finish out what you think about Oklahoma. And then ultimately, I'm going to pose a question to you about Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley at the end of that. All right. So don't be confused um, or thrown in the wrong direction. Jalen Hurts is cemented as the starting QB. I fully expect him to do the same things he did at Alabama and in maybe a more friendly scheme for him that fits him. Um, The one, I'd say, nervous spot that I have about them is they have to replace four offensive linemen from that best offensive line unit award last year. They returned eight starters on D, so if this coach, if this new defensive coordinator comes in, they should be a little bit improved, uh, and I, I really do think this is a potential uh, college football playoff team. I think this is a team that Jalen Hurts knows how to get it done. He's in a more friendly scheme, and if they, if they can just find a couple of replacements for this 4-0 line, they'll be fine, And and who do they have to play? I don't. I don't. They don't have to have a tough road to hoe. So yeah, I think Oklahoma. Um, you know, I think they've got everything in the making this year to not win it. That's not my prediction. Oh no, win the Big Twelve. Oh, I was like, oh. But they're. I think they're definitely a, a college football playoff team. Yeah, and that would not surprise me. Ultimately, like I said, we do have them winning over Texas to get their fifth straight conference crown. We'll see if we're right on that or if Texas can shock the world or another team. Another team could potentially do it as well. Uh, My question that I wanted to pose to you is how long until Lincoln Riley uh, flees to the NFL? Because everybody's predicting that. Everybody thinks he's about to be the coach next season of the Cleveland Browns. So what do you say about that? You think this might be Lincoln Riley's last stand in Oklahoma? It could be. I don't think it it would be to the Browns because I think Freddie Kitchens is good and their influx of talent. The talent that they brought in this year is just too much to not be good. It's fair. Um, but if, Make, if Baker but Mayfield has anything to say about it. Well, true. That's a good point. But but you've also seen Baker Mayfield mucking it up on the sidelines with Freddie Yeah, but Kitchens. he mucks it up with everybody. Yeah, he's, you're right. He he's does. one of those he guys does. who, I, if, we had lo- if Georgia had lost to Oklahoma – in the Rose Bowl, I'd be pissed because I really like Baker Mayfield yeah, as a dude. Exactly. And so I would just be so pissed if he had beaten us in the Rose Bowl and I wouldn't be able to like him and that would make me upset because he's a great guy, I think. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. He could make a jump. I 
I just don't know if if you know he has what a uh, uh, note card and it has like eight plays on mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it's very I mean, very simple. How do you do that in the NFL? You can't. So it's true. I think that and, and being a young guy, he can you know a less miles a Mac Brown. Those type of coaches make me nervous because it's like, do they really want to recruit? Lincoln Riley is a young guy. He has great support staff. They're going to recruit the heck out of these these uh, high school players. But you do make a good point with Jalen Hurts, uh, you know, obviously done after this year. Do they have a good quarterback after to replace him? Oh, they'll get someone to transfer in. Uh, they probably will, <laughs> but, we'll, we'll, you know, if Jalen Hurts leaves, this could be a good time for him to exit. With the way the transfer portal is being executed and the way that the NCAA is just kind of, if you're a quarterback, you're basically going to be ruled eligible immediately. Other positions, no matter if you have a grandfather who's sick or whatever, you're probably not. But quarterbacks are getting the nod immediately. You know what that I'm talking about. Mean. Well, Luke Ford, I'm just saying, if, if, if Britton Cox gets ruled immediately eligible at Florida... Mm, we're gonna have some problems. Yes. I will. I will personally drive to NCAA yes. headquarters. But point is, the, the quarterbacks are getting. I mean, of course, Jalen, of course, being graduate, he doesn't have to worry about it. He's a graduate, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we're not even worried about that. But he graduated in like two and a half years. Yeah. Well, he's smart. Alabama. Well, uh, Alabama, you just have to know your ABCs <laughs> and your one two threes. You just have to sing the Jackson Five song ABC, and you're good. You just have to know how to say Roll Tide. You don't even have to know how to spell your full name. They'll do that for you. Yeah, exactly. It's on your driver's license. Why do you got to know how to spell it yourself? Oh, man, we're going to get some hate, Listen, hate mail here. I've lived in Alabama for three years. I'm allowed to, to poke a little fun. Where I was going with all that was to say that they could put, you know, if you get Jalen Hurts coming in as the starter, they make it to the playoffs and he wins a Heisman, which he is a front runner at this point, to potentially do that after Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield. With the way the transfer portal set up and the way that NCAA is just, if you're a quarterback, go ahead. Lincoln Riley can have quarterbacks for days because if you don't get named the starter, he's going to have people lining up out the door to be the the Oklahoma QB. I got one. Who? Tate Martell. Oh, God. I think Tate Martell is got a little – he's not – I'm not – I'm comparing him to Tebow. I'm not calling him Tebow, but I'm saying, you know how Tebow wanted to make it in the NFL as a quarterback, and it was like, but, dude, you're kind of not set up to be a quarterback. It's exactly what we're looking at with Tate Martell. Homie can't throw a ball to save his life. He can run – but he's a one-trick pony. He gets the ball, he's going to run. Gets the ball, going to run. So maybe he's changed his positions. But he could potentially, he's a guy who potentially next year could say, hey, sign me up, put me in that uh, Put me in that scheme, and we'll see yeah. if we can make it work. I don't know, but we'll see. All right, anything else to add? Obviously, we talked a little bit about Oklahoma over Texas. Not tons to add to that. Uh, if you haven't listened to our other podcast, we've put out other previews. We will be putting out more previews. And then when the season starts up, I think actually when this releases, we'll only have one left. Pack 12. I haven't decided how I'm going to release it, but potentially only one to two left. When the season starts up, the way that this works, if you're new to the podcast, which welcome, thanks for joining along, is that we will have... Uh, one to two shows a week, haven't quite decided, kind of kind of fancy, whatever we fancy, depending on workflow at our actual nine to five jobs. But we have uh, predictions, we've got guest pickers, we've got betting lines, Pierce has an easy peasy uh, co- 
what? Which we Look need to go weird. back and, and listen to To see the how podcast. good you were? See, I, I think I was around 68% last year. All right, well, if you That's want to incredible. win some easy money, then Pierce has got of you Of course, I did. that covered. didn't work out in my actual betting, but because I didn't take those picks. I just did the easy peasy. Oh, my Lord. Well, yeah. we, we tell you how to win some easy money, so go ahead and subscribe so that you don't miss any of that. And like I said, go follow us on social media. Right now we're on Instagram. I'll work to get us on Twitter, and I think that's probably it. Who uses Facebook at this point? <laughs> Am I right? So that's at Sibling Rivalry Podcast on Instagram, and uh, that's where you can find a lot of goodies as the season progresses. But unless you've got anything to add, I think that's going to do it here. What about, uh, I know we're jumping the gun here, what about a live uh, show at the uh, week one? i got to figure that out. Here's the in, thing. It, it's in the works. We'll see if it comes to fruition. I, I doubt it, but. I think technologically I could do it. I could run it. I could, I could figure that out. We've got this. We've got the equipment for it. I'm not worried about being distracted. I think that you would do a great job. I just worry there's going to be a lot of drunk, obnoxious Georgia fans. That's exactly the phrase I was going to use. Drunk, mm. obnoxious Georgia fans. Not sure that's going to be. Maybe, well, maybe maybe we'll do some Instagram stories or something. I don't it, know. It Stay would be tuned, cool though. to like watch games as they're going on. Even though there aren't great games, it would be cool to kind of watch the games and then be able to talk about That's them. what social media is for. That's, well, you live in the social media world. Well, I'm millennial, so what do you want from me? That's going to do it for the Sibling Rivalry Podcast. Stay tuned to all of the goodies coming out. Obviously, we've got a lot to iron out, a lot of different ideas in the kitchen. But until next time, I'm Madison. And I'm Pierce. Stay blessed, y'all.